Hey guys, it's your host Jack, back at it with another episode from the Three Man Weave. This is episode number three. I'll be joined by Mason and Devin again today. We'll be talking about the NFL Week 9, looking forward to Week 10 as well. We'll be back right after this. It's the Three Man Weave. Welcome to episode number three of the Three Man Weave podcast. I'm back with Mason and Devin again for our third episode. We had a little bit of a break, but we are here now. Even though we're not in person, we're a little bit over distance right now on the call. Mason, how are you doing today? I'm pretty good, Jack. How are you doing? You know, I'm doing great. Uh, had a great trip over to Texas, so having to do this over uh, over the internet, but we're making do. Devin, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good today. Oh, alrighty, good to hear. Today we're going to just be doing a full episode, kind of going over the NFL. It's been a, a week or two since we've got to really cover the league. So starting it off, our first talking point is going to be talking about these awesome rookie quarterbacks we had this year. Mason, just give us what you feel about these rookie quarterbacks. All right, well, we're going to start with Justin Herbert, a guy who a lot of people thought really was a boomer bust prospect coming out of Oregon because in his four years he showed elite arm strength, but really not that great decision-making. He didn't seem to love football as much as most people did. He's a really quiet guy, not much of a leader. But after Tyrod Taylor got that unfortunate lung injury in week two, he's really stepped in and he's done great. Last week he was 28 of 42, 326 yards and two touchdowns shown elite playmaking and deep ball accuracy even as a rookie and this team's going to start winning games soon because of how well he's playing yeah definitely I mean he's looking like a great player and you know those Chargers need to finally start winning some games obviously you know not really holding on to leads uh Devin what do you feel about Justin Herbert so far this year um I've really liked what Herbert's done this season he's a uh, very impressed me as a lot of other people yeah, for sure. I mean, for to sure. me, one of the best to quarterbacks me, to look over at would be Tua Tagovailoa. I mean, what a what a first you know week or two he's had so far. They came out and beat the Cardinals, who I think is one of the best teams in the NFC. I mean, he looked great. He went 20 of 28, two touchdowns, didn't turn the ball over. Really, the key to me is he didn't do too much, and that was good. You know, he, he was able just to go out, manage the game. And, uh, I mean, they looked great, and I think the big talking point was kind of before his injury, I think everyone knew he was going to be a consensus sure thing as a quarterback, and it seems that injury that you know made him a concern and let him fall down to, down to the Dolphins is not going to be a problem. He looks like a quarterback for the future. Yeah, I would agree. I was shocked, as many people were, when they went away from Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, two weeks ago going into this bye, but Tua played well enough to beat the Rams in his first start, and he played great against the Cardinals. He looks his accuracy is as advertised. He showed that he's healthy with his running ability, and he, yeah, he showcased some nice escapability from the pocket. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he just looks like the Dolphins to me. I mean, we're going to talk about them in a little bit, but I think they are not the Dolphins. Uh, yeah, the Dolphins. They look like a fantastic team. I mean, they're playing awesome. Brian Flores has really got that team sold in, and like you said, it it seemed at the time that maybe benching Fitzpatrick wasn't the right move, but they got to do what they got to do to really develop those players and. Tua's looking like a fantastic quarterback. Talking about rookie quarterbacks, to me, there, there's the big, the big man, the big name, the number one overall pick, Joe Burrow. I mean, he has been fantastic this year. He's keeping them in games. They've been competitive. They've probably been better than a lot of people thought they were going to be. Um, he's eighth in passing yards. He's also been sacked 28 times, which is second most in the league. So he's you know playing through a lot with not a lot of weapons around him. 
Mason, I got to ask you, what do you have to say about Joe Burrow this year? I mean, Joe Burrow is as advertised, if not better. He's looked poised. He's looked calm. He's looked ready to play in the NFL. He's got great arm strength. He's got great accuracy, great escapability, which you need behind the awful offensive line he plays with in Cincinnati. Showcase some nice running ability. Him, Tyler Boyd, and T. Higgins all seem to have a nice connection. We'd like to see him get going to A.J. Green a little bit, but he's clearly the future of that franchise. Yeah, definitely. Devin, what do you have to say about Burrow? Um, I liked Burrow from his last season in LSU. He's really done really well in the NFL so far. Um, You hope he had a, has a better O-line, because if he had a better O-line, I feel like he could be a really good quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's that's for sure the thing to look at. You know, I want to spring something out on you guys. I want to play a little game here. Joe Burrow or first name on the list, Joe Burrow, Matt Ryan, Mason. Just for the sake of Joe Burrow being, what, 12, 13 years younger, give me Joe Burrow. I mean, he's played about the same as Matt Ryan this season. Matt Ryan in his best year is an MVP, uh, around 35 touchdowns. I really think Joe Burrow can be a 35-touchdown-a-year guy. Yeah, and let's go into this let's say for just one season, you know, it doesn't matter of age. So not, not necessarily a career, but one season. Devin, what do you think? Um, I'd probably still take Burrow. I really think he's been playing better as Matt Ryan. So I'd probably take Burrow. Next name on the list, Burrow, Tom Brady. Give me Tom Brady this year. I get it. That game against the Saints on Sunday was a stinker. He looked bad, but it's Tom Brady. You know, he's going to go down as a Hall of Famer, obviously the best quarterback to ever do it. I want him for one season. Yeah, definitely. All right, next one here. So we, so we don't think he's better than – we think he's better than Matt Ryan, not better than Brady. How about this one? Carson Wentz. Joe Burrow, Carson Wentz. Give me Joe Burrow all day, all day. Joe Burrow doesn't have the fumbling issues, doesn't have the questionable decision-making, even as a rookie that Wentz has shown this season. I get it. Both are playing behind bad offensive lines. I don't know what happened to Carson Wentz after that MVP-looking 2017 year. The ACL injury clearly has affected him a lot. He needs to get back to who he was, but right now it's Joe Burrow easily for me. Devin, what about you? And here's one more also. Joe Burrow, Carson Wentz. Joe Burrow, healthy Dak Prescott. Uh, I would say for Joe Burrow and Carson Wentz, I'd say it's actually really close. I'd give the slight edge to Burrow just because he doesn't turn the ball as much <laughs> as much over as a Carson Wentz. And then for a... Brown a healthy Dak. I think I'll take a healthy Dak because Dak's the Dak's been really good when he's been healthy. All right, yeah, definitely a lot of high praise here for those rookie quarterbacks. I mean, Burrow's looking fantastic. Tua's looked good in the limited time, and Herbert's playing great. You know, the Chargers need to be able to hold on some leads, but they're playing awesome. So our next talking point of the day is going to be looking at the Dolphins. You know, a surprise of the year. They're actually a plus 61 right now, point total. So they're winning games by a lot. They have four straight wins. They beat Arizona. They beat the Rams. They beat the Niners. That's a, that's a division there that's competitive that they had to play. You know, their their losses haven't been too bad. They only lost to Buffalo by three, lost to Seattle by eight. I mean, what do we think of this Dolphins team? My question is, are they the fourth best team in the AFC? I don't think we're at fourth best team in the AFC yet. I mean, really, it's a great team. You know, Brian Flores is clearly the guy there. The defensive acquisitions they've made for bringing in Byron Jones, Kyle Van Noy, Shaq Lawson, Emmanuel Ogba, it's really transformed that defense into a top five unit. I think he's got that side locked down, but the offense is just not as consistent as it needs to be yet. The run games, I believe, last in the NFL in yards per carry. It's a young offensive line that needs to get better, and I really don't know if they're going to yet. In a few years, I think this is going to be a great team. Yeah, definitely. I mean, 
the team's looking good. Maybe maybe fourth best in the AFC is a little bit tight. To me, Chiefs, Steelers, Ravens are probably the three best teams out there. And then there's the next category of probably the Bills and the Titans are in that next category. Devin, the Dolphins are playing the Chargers, Denver, Jets, and Bengals the next four games. Four, I'd like to say, pretty winnable games. Do you think they could end up going 9-3, and three, have a 9-3 and three record after these games? Yeah, it's a very strong possibility for the Dolphins to win those four games. Their defense has really improved um, as the season has gone on, and Tua will also develop as a great quarterback. Yeah, definitely, I would agree. Um, so, Mason, as I was saying, kind of looking at you know the top three in the FC is pretty pretty definitive. But you you think you need to put the Bills and the Titans probably right now over the Dolphins still? I would think so. Yeah, I don't as good as the Dolphins' defense has been. I don't think if you match them up with the Titans, they're built to contain a Derrick Henry led rushing attack. I think he's just going to be too much for them in four quarters to handle. And when it comes to the Bills, I think that's actually a lot closer than them and the Titans is because the Bills have looked vulnerable against lesser opponents this season. I just think the Bills' defense is a little bit more experienced, and their offense has more playmakers than the Dolphins. Yeah, yeah, definitely fair points there. So, Dolphins looking really good, and that schedule coming up, you know, they could be at an eight and four, nine and three record. A lot of, that'll surprise a lot of people. I think a lot of people didn't think the Dolphins were going to be very good coming to this year. They were they were quite a wreck last year, but Tua is obviously you know looking to play well right now. He's looking great. Fitzpatrick did a good job getting him to this point, and I think Brian Flores is really doing a lot there, like you talked about with those defensive signings, really putting the team together. Um, next talking point we want to talk about from Week 9 was the Seattle Bills game. Uh, it was a close game for a while. Russell Wilson had four turnovers. Mason, what do you have to say about Russell Wilson's performance in that game, you know, overall probably being the main reason the Seahawks ended up losing? Um, a lot of good, a lot of bad, you know. It's kind of been the story with Russell Wilson the past few seasons. He starts off incredibly hot, has some midseason turnover issues that we've seen. And this was obviously that big game where it really cost him pretty dearly. Set up their already bad defense for a lot of short fields. And I do think he needs to clean up his play, but I don't think all of it was on him. The offensive line really struggled against the Bliss from Buffalo as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, one thing to look at for me that was one of the most important takeaways is Seattle. Just absolutely no run game. And looking at from the past year how successful they were, they, you know, they were relatively, I guess, successful last year, and they relied on the run so heavily. And then looking at this week, they had absolutely zero run game. Obviously, Chris Carson and Hyde weren't playing. But, Devin, what do you think that impacts where we've almost seen a whole 180 from a super heavy running Seattle team to now a passing, relying Seattle team? You know, how does that affect them where eventually, you know, you can't, you can't just completely throw the ball? They're just expecting Wilson to throw the ball every way around. They're not just going to start stacking the box against them. So it's really affecting the Seattle offense right now. Yeah, definitely. I would agree with that. Um, one of the other big takeaways for me is just how bad Seattle secondary is. I mean, it is it is terrible. Um, you know, does this Seattle secondary take them a level down from being a legit Super Bowl contender? Mason, what do you think? Is the secondary really going to destroy them that much? I mean, I think it has to. Clearly, I mean, they've shown that they cannot get stops, really, no matter what. Their big offseason acquisition in Jamal Adams is basically a glorified defensive lineman at this point. His best, his best use is blitzing, and we saw it in, on Sunday. He gets lost in man coverage, can't play zone coverage. I didn't think it was possible that you could lose a trade with the New York Jets. But shipping off uh, two first-round picks for a safety that can't cover is just a bad look for Seattle, not to mention the rest of their secondary has really struggled. Yeah, I mean, it's quite a tough look there. 
Also, I mean, Bills won the game with 34 yards rushing. I mean, that is tough. They didn't need to you know, run the ball at all when you can just throw it deep down the field. Devin, what do you have to think about that? I mean, we just talked about Seattle maybe needing to get more of a run game, but I guess Buffalo's game plan was just let Josh, you know, unload and just throw all over that secondary. You know, as they say, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And that's what the Bills offense did. They just kept passing and passing against Seattle's weak secondary. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And right now with Seattle's defense, there's a lot broke. They got to fix that secondary because I agree. I, I don't think... I think Seattle now might not even probably actually, in my opinion, is not the best team in their division even. And I think they, they really need to fix that secondary. And it, I mean, it's probably, it's too late to really make any trades, but they, they really got to fix that. Cause that's going to be a big problem in there. Um, looking next is our conversation. How concerned should we be about the Ravens offense? I mean, they still got the win this weekend. They won 27 or 24 to 10 against the Colts. Me honestly, though, my opinion is the Jonathan Taylor fumble really kind of saved the Rams, their or the Ravens. Their defense is keeping them in all these games. How con- how concerned should we be about this team that looked so dominant last year, and now their offense just looking so lackluster? Lamar not looking, you know, looking like a shell of himself. How do we feel about this, Mason? Well, you had to know regression was coming for the Ravens. This has always been uh, Greg Roman's problem as an offensive coordinator. His offense gets way too predictable. And we just saw that today as the report came out about Lamar saying defenses are calling out their plays. And that's because they're not running a lot of different plays. I mean, the run game has still been about the same, you know, 170 yards per game down from about 200 last year. So that is a slight drop off. Not too bad. A lot is on Lamar in this receiving core, though, because the completion percentage for Lamar is down a full six points from last year, partly due to his accuracy issues and partly due to the fact that outside of Hollywood and Mark Andrews, this receiving core just can't get open. They're just not talented enough. And I think losing Ronnie Stanley for the year needs to be talked about a lot more than it already is. He's a top two tackle in the game easily, and this really affects their offense going forward. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that helps it. You know, I'm kind of disappointed to hear that you don't think Des Bryant's really going to change that offense. I kind of thought he was going to completely change the whole team. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely a disappointment. Their offense has just looks so concerning. I mean, Devin, do you have anything to say on the Ravens right now and Lamar's performances? Well, what I would say is uh... – Obviously, their run offense is still, like, good for them, but obviously their passing offense is still, like, basically terrible right now. They're 31st in passing yards in the NFL, and uh, they just really need to clean that up to be a Super Bowl contender right now. Yeah, it's it's definitely looking concerning. I mean, as we said earlier, at least as I said earlier, they're they're still a top three team in the AFC, but nothing from this year has shown me that they are going to take the next step to get to the next level from what they were at last year. You know, obviously they hit the, the, they've hit the stall out in the playoffs the last two years. And right now I don't think any of us think they're really on track to, to outdo that. If I'm a Ravens fan, I'd honestly be concerned because their offense is not progressing. If anything, it's regressing. So it's a bit of a disappointment coming out of there, especially with such a, you know, a young and exciting team, but they're still winning. They'll still be, they'll still be, I think one of the, one of the, one of the best two, three, four teams in the AFC. Um, how concerned, not how concerned, uh, who is the best team in the NFC? This is a good question for you guys. It's kind of, to me, it's a four team battle right now. We have the Seahawks at six and two, the Cardinals, I think should be up there at five and three, the Packers at six and two, and then the Saints at six and two. Um, which team Mason do you think is the best team right now in the NFC? Uh, I really feel like after that dominant win on uh, Sunday, that it has to be the Saints. It was all their weapons back. The offense just looks amazing. Drew Brees has pretty much recovered from his early season accuracy issues. Alvin Kamara is still Alvin Kamara, the best pass-catching back in football, not named Christian McCaffrey. I think they have one of the best O-lines in football. 
they have a really disruptive defense with Cam Jordan up front. Trey Hendrickson is also a very good defensive lineman. Demario Davis is as solid as they come at linebacker. And when he wants to when he wants to play, Marshawn Lattimore is an elite shadow corner. The safety duo of Marcus Williams and Malcolm Jenkins is starting to find their foot in a little bit. But if they step up and play better, this is going to be a really hard team to beat. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. That was the team I had as the best team in the NFC right now. To me, five straight five straight wins. And the biggest thing is they only have one game left out of their eight against a team over 500, and that's the Chiefs. Every other game after that is against a sub-500 team, so not, necessi- not necessarily saying they'll go 7-1 over these weeks, but they have a fairly easy schedule to back it, and right now they're tied for the best record in the division in the conference, and they're looking the most dominant. I mean, that Tampa game was ugly. We're going to talk about Tampa in a little bit, but that was that was ugly. Their offense just looked so in check, and their defense was you know obviously great. Tampa has a great offense, and they were able to just to shut that down. Devin, what do you think about is the Saints the best team in the NFC, or do you have another team? Are you are you backing your Packers still? Um, as of right now, I have the Saints with a slight edge over the Packers, just because the Saints' defense has been improving over the season, and the Packers' defense has kind of been kind of steady, not really improving. Yeah, definitely fair points there. I mean, I would agree definitely. Uh, the Packers are probably right up there as the as probably maybe the second best or. Seattle or the Cardinals. I mean, we'll talk about the Cardinals later as well, but I think the Cardinals are are just up there with anyone else in the NFC. Their offense has just been so great this year. Kyler Murray's been playing at a great level, and honestly, surprising to me is Cliff Kingsbury has done great with that team. You know, I I've been a doubter of him, but he's playing or he's getting their team playing good football, and that's awesome to see. Uh, speaking of the NFC and the Saints and the uh, the NFC South, how do we feel about the Panthers? What a good what a fun week they had. They you know they played a very competitive, interesting game against the uh, the Chiefs. Mason, I guess, is the Chiefs fan. You want to talk about the the pesky Panthers and what they're doing? I know we can't really get too high on the Panthers because they are right in a four game skid right now. But I've I've been telling you guys, don't sleep on this team. You know their record's a lot. Uh, they're a better team than their record shows. Really, they have their guy back in Christian McCaffrey, which just makes their offense so much better. Teddy Bridgewater coming over from New Orleans has really regained his Minnesota form. He's fifth in the NFL in passing yards. He's got eleven touchdowns. And then a guy that nobody really thought was going to be much of anything, Robbie Anderson, reuniting with his former head coach and Matt Rule from college. Uh, he has 751 yards, which is top five in the NFL through the first half of the season. They've got a young defense that I think gets so much better. Gator Gross Matos, Derek Brown, Shaq Thompson, Dante Jackson, Jeremy Chin, the rookie out of Southern Illinois, was a complete steal in the third round. I think a one big mistake this team really did make last offseason was letting James Bradbury walk. He's been an elite shutdown corner for the Giants and somebody they could really use right now. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the Panthers are they're looking competitive, and obviously, like you said, their record is not not great right now, but they're playing well. I mean, they played thirty. You know, if you didn't see their game this weekend, thirty three to thirty one against the Chiefs. I think the biggest takeaway right now is I think Teddy Bridgewater is probably the guy there. Uh, going into the season, a lot of people probably were thinking, you know, we'll see how Teddy is. Probably isn't going to be the future quarterback there, but in my opinion, I think Teddy's the guy they need to stick with. He's not really the problem. Mason, what do you think about Teddy? Uh, I agree. They really do have to stick with Teddy. Uh, I mean, like you were saying earlier, t- uh, Christian McCaffrey also getting him back. He's he looks still great. I mean, obviously he might have got. He looks like he got hurt. He's not going to play this week, so hopefully it's not going to be a thing for the future for him having injury concerns. I mean, no one wants to see that. He's one of the most exciting players in football. We want to see him on the field. I mean. They're just they're playing great, but the problem is five out of six of their games have been within one score, and that's important. Or five to six of their losses, so they've lost six games this year. They're three and six, but they're playing close games. So that's things that hopefully in the future they'll be able to you know look in the year and 
looking to next season that hopefully with just some small adjustments, you know, adding a few players and making some changes that they'll be able to start winning these games. Devin, you have anything you want to add about the Panthers? Well, I was actually in the offseason for Carolina. I was a big fan of the Joe Brady signing as a their offensive coordinator. Um, he did a really good job at LSU last season. And uh, with the weapons of McCaffrey, DJ Moore, and Robbie Anderson, as well as Curtis Samuels, the gadget guy, their offense has been really impressive this year. Yeah, for sure their offense has been impressive. Uh, Devin, we're going to move on to a team that I know you love to talk about. Let's talk about those Minnesota Vikings. Dalvin Cook, are they right now on form the best team in the NFC North? I mean, they're playing fantastic. Dalvin Cook has six total touchdowns in the last two games. They've had two, you know, big wins over the last two weeks. They've beaten the the uh, the Packers and then beat the Lions this week. I mean, Mason, are they on form right now, the best team in the NFC North? I don't want to say it, but on form, I think they're up there with the Packers. I know Devin's heard enough about this guy over the past few weeks, but Dalvin Cook, Dalvin Cook, Dalvin Cook. He is their franchise back. They need to feed him to go places, and I think they really are. A thing that people aren't really talking about is the fact that the Vikings O-line, which caught a lot of flack early on in the season, has actually played much better over the past four weeks. They're first in the NFL in yards per carry at 5.5 yards, a lot of which probably has to do with Dalvin's ability to just make people miss in the backfield, but nonetheless should be talked about. And their victory at Green Bay really showed the way that if they if they can just run the ball, control the clock, and play solid defense, this is a really good football team. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, for sure. Devin, what do you have to say about these uh, Minnesota Vikings? Well, they have been impressive as of late. Um, I really liked how their defense has been improving because earlier, like the first five games, I believe, their defense was basically terrible. But now Mike Zimmer has the Vikings defense being back to like their old form in like 2017 when they were elite defense. Yeah, for sure. I mean, to me, I actually would say they, on form, they're still probably not the best team in the NFC North, but I think, to me, they're a clear number two, and we'll get to the Bears, but the Bears are bad, and I don't care that the Vikings are 3-5 and five and the Bears are 5-4. Uh, and four. It's it's clearly big different to me. I mean, it's not even close. The Vikings are definitely the second-best team in that division, and it's a shame that they lost some of these games early because they would have been one of those fun teams to maybe see as like that 7C going to the playoffs. I would agree. If Minnesota could squeak out that victory late season to get into the playoffs over the Bears, I think that would be great because I honestly can't imagine anybody except for Chicago fans really want to watch a Matt Nagy coach team in the playoffs. We'll get to that more later, but I mean, it's just been beyond brutal. Possibly the worst 5-3 and three team I've ever seen. Yeah, for sure. I mean, looking at that, that was ugly. Talking about the NFC playoff picture, let's talk about Tampa. I mean, this was a team that we all were out on at the beginning of the year looking in. We weren't really buying in. And then we came on this podcast on episode one and we bought into the hype. We were like, this team's legit. They're a Super Bowl contender. Are they still, are, were we tricked by this? Are they still even a Super Bowl contender? I mean, they lost by 35 points on a primetime game. I mean, they are just, they're not looking great. They're, you know, some of their, some of their losses and wins have been a little close. They only beat the Giants by, uh, three points and they only beat the Chargers by seven points you know they're, they're kind of squeaking some of these games out how do we feel about this team Mason uh well first of all I think you know we need to stop making such bold takes here on this podcast because we've kind of rolled a gutter ball so far but uh hey we're uh, a fan of hot takes here <laughs> we are a fan of hot takes just we're ice cold so far we got to get back on track with that but uh going back to the Bucks. 
I think this is still a really good team. I think it was just an off week, and I really, you know, if I'm going to be blunt about this, I think Sean Payton is simply Bruce Arians' father when it comes to coaching. You know, Tom it was Brady ugly. really it was dis, it was disgusting really to watch. I mean, five score victory. It was just awful to watch, you know. Uh on the first week of the podcast I said for this team to be successful, you have to protect Tom Brady. What did they not do on Sunday night? They didn't protect Tom Brady and he looked awful. You know, the defense is gonna get back to being good. I just think you know, Sean Payton kind of gave you the blueprint to beat them last night. And uh, I think if these teams meet in the playoffs again, it's really going to be way closer than this was. I think this Bucks team was just on a riding high on confidence, and they ran into a complete roadblock, weren't ready for it. Yeah, I mean, definitely. And the other big thing is, like we said on episode one, when we when we were so into these Buccaneers, was how good their defense was. And they go out and give up 38 points. Really concerning. I mean, Devin, I want you to talk a little bit about how great it was to see Sean Payton put Jameis out on the field. You know, how would it feel as a Bucks fan? You know, you get rid of this guy finally, and then just to see him, they unload the bench on them. You know, what do you feel about, how do you feel about this Buccaneers team and then just the embarrassment of Jameis even coming on the field against them? Well, I still think highly of the Bucks team. You just got to hope they don't play the Saints in the playoffs because they have not looked good against the Saints their first two games. You know, I feel like it may have hurt Bucks fans. Not only them being down 35, but then seeing the quarterback you let go just in the game in garbage time. I mean, I'm a little disappointed we did uh, Burrow, Burrow or, and we didn't include Jameis Winston in there. I mean, obviously top five quarterback in the Jameis league, so it's a little day. bit disappointing. Exactly. I mean, what a game. That was just, it was ugly for sure, Devin. I agree. I mean, it looked bad. I mean, I think the only reason you're still on Tampa is because they thrashed your Packers and you need them to look good. So, <laughs> hey, hey there, hey. <laughs> I think you I don't want to go there, Jack. Yeah. You don't have to go there. All right. Well, enough Packers slander. I guess I guess we'll help Devin out here a little bit, and we'll talk about the Bears, who have looked horrendous. I mean, to me, one of the one of the biggest looking points is somehow they have five wins when they had when they were five and two. We talked about how they were not a legit five and two team. And now, you know, they've lost two in a row. One of the things I was looking at and stat-wise is their average win or loss margin. So, you know, point of victory or loss was is six points right now. So that's very tight. They're always in close games. That's one thing about this team. They haven't been able to get blown out, and they're able to normally win these close games. But honestly, to me, I think they're bottom five teams in the NFC. I think the only teams that are worse than them right now would be the Lions our nice Washington football team, Dallas and the Giants. Those are the only teams, honestly, that I would take that, that I think the Bears are better than everyone else. I would I would take over them. Mason, what do you think about that? I mean, really, when you look at this roster, it's a really talented roster. They still have a great defense. They still have Khalil Mack. Roquan Smith's a great linebacker. They have Fuller and Eddie Jackson in the secondary. This team has kept every game this season close. And you build your roster to get it close in the fourth quarter. And really what's, I feel like, screwing them over is coaching. Coaching, coaching, coaching. Matt Nagy, as a play caller, he needs to give up the play calling, really. He has to hold himself back from giving the ball to Cordero Patterson 55 times in a toss and calling it a day most games. Hey, gadget players are awesome. Gadget players are nice twice a game, but Matt Nagy desperately tries to get too cute with this offense, and it's it's just awful. So if you're a Bears fan, would you be a little bit – I would almost like to say I'd, I'd be disappointed right now because them being five and four, it causes for you know the false success. They're able to be like, there's nothing wrong here. Our team's good, but 
in reality, this team is bad, and I think they need some legit change. And I don't think Nagy Nagy is going to not be the play caller though for a while because he's able to say, "Look, we have a winning record right now. We were five and two. We're competitive. We're playing in all of these games." Devin, how do you feel about Matt Nagy as the coach? Do you think he should, you know, not be the play caller anymore, or do you think he should not even be the coach of that football team? Well, as a Packers fan, I obviously want him to keep being the play caller because. His play calling for the Bears offense has just not been good all season. He he just gets too cute, like Mason said, with his play calling. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's always been a thing with him. We've always seen him, you know, in our group chat. We're always texting about how cute he's getting with those play calls. He just loves to, you know, whip out all these different gadget plays, the reverses, you know, the option plays. It's always interesting with Nagy. You never know how it's going to go. I mean, moving on. Yeah, move, moving on from uh, from the Bears is let's talk about the Colts a little bit. Um, you know, they had that game against the Ravens. I think they they definitely should have been into that game. They ended up losing by fourteen. That Jonathan Taylor fumble really cost them. I mean, here's the real thing: should do we think Philip Rivers should even be the starting quarterback of that team? I mean, he might be the worst contract from the off season. He, in my opinion, I know they're winning games. At least they're five and three and they're competitive, but he. He looks really bad, and the other big thing to me is they don't really have any real wins. They the only team above five hundred that they beat right now is the Bears, and you know how we feel about the Bears, Mason. What do you think about that? Well, the Philip Rivers situation kind of comes down to two things for me. One is uh, it's sort of a pride issue with that front office and the coaching staff there because they brought Philip in on a one year paid him a ton of money. Deal. Yeah, you can't bench somebody you gave twenty five million dollars to halfway through a season. And then the other thing with him for me is the options they have behind him. You're not going to start a rookie, Jacob Eason. Well, I think he has great potential, but you're not going to start him on a team that's 5-3 and three right now. And Jacoby Brissett's simply just a check-down champion. I really don't think he's going to win you many games. I know Philip Rippers, you can kind of say the same about him. At least he takes some shots downfield. Uh, this is going to be a team that's going to have to ride its defense and occasionally its running game, which is also severely underperformed to the playoffs this year, if they can make it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they're looking in contention right there for probably that 7th seed in the AFC. It'll probably come down between Las Vegas and them, I would think. I mean, Devin, what do you think about the whole Philip Rivers thing? Looking at it, do you think he is the best quarterback even on his team? I mean, honestly, I thought going into the year when they signed him, I thought they should have just stuck with Brissett. I like what Brissett can do. He's a game manager, and I think that's all they needed, whereas right now they have Phil Rivers who – you know, make some horrible decisions, you know, multiple times a game. Devin, what do you think? Is he the best quarterback even on his team? I would say it's close between him and Brissett, but I'd have to give the slight edge to Phillip just because, as Mason said, he likes to take the deep shots in Jacoby. He doesn't, like you said, he just checks the ball down. Yeah, it's it's definitely fair, definitely fair there. Um, I think it, it's definitely, it's more competitive than it should be, though, when you're paying a quarterback as much as you're paying him to come in. Uh, you know, the last talking point we have to take away from week nine, what a great week it was, is the Steelers. Get out, get another win. They've looked fantastic. Are they, do they have a chance now? They're 8-0, they're undefeated halfway through the year. Do any of you guys think they have any sort of a chance of going 16-0, going the distance, or is that just inconceivable? Mason? Well, you guys know I've been high on the Steelers since we started this podcast, um, but no, they don't have a chance of going 16-0. It's so much harder than everybody thinks, and I mean, the NFL season wears on players, you know. We saw it last Sunday against the Cowboys. The Steelers came out, and they were flat-footed in the first half. The Cowboys punched them in the mouth. They found a way to win. I still think they're the best team in the AFC. It's just last week did prove they have their vulnerabilities. And 
if nothing else, I think this team will go 15-1, and one and they'll fall victim to the Week 17, resting your players for the playoffs, and your backups get beaten. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I agree. I, I don't think they're going to go 16-0. It's just so hard to do. I mean, they've done great halfway through the year. Um, to me, though, one of the one of the big things, at least in my opinion, is I don't even think their offense has looked that great, which is, you know, you'd be like, wow, Jack, you know, they're 8-0. How does their offense not look great? I just, they haven't had that game where they fully have connected and got the great run balance mixed with all those weapons, you know, Ben's able to throw to. And going 8-0 without the offense looking incredible or fully clicking is obviously impressive. I mean, Devin, one thing for you is how do you feel about the Steelers' offense and also, do you think they are the best team in the AFC? Or do we even think that maybe record-wise it doesn't show up, but are the Chiefs still better than them? All right, so I have the I still have the Steelers being the best the team to beat in the AFC. But as to your question for the offense, um, from what I've seen from the Steelers' offense, they have been vulnerable at some times. It seems like the defense kind of sets up their offense, so the offensive numbers kind of seem better. But... I still think their offense needs a lot of improvement. Yeah, I mean, for sure. They're, the offense, I wouldn't say they need a lot of improvement. They're 8 no, but I think they they can improve, and that's to me what the impressive thing is. You know, They are such a good team already, and they can improve. So uh, unless any of you guys have anything else to say about Week 9, you know, it was a fantastic week, and I think we were able to catch up on some of those teams. Uh, we'll be back right after this to talk about our outlook for Week 10. First but surely finish last, last. So I certainly had to play a lot better and uh, turning the ball over against a good team never helps uh, you know we just uh, didn't play the way we're capable of playing everyone's got to do a lot better and it starts with me and uh, straight garbage straight garbage All right, and we are back, and we are going to be talking about Tom Brady and those Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, one of the big games for this week, Week 10, I guess it's not necessarily a big game. They're playing the Panthers, though. Are, is Tampa on upset watch this week? We, are, or this week? we already talked about the Panthers you know, being pesky. They're always in these games. They're being competitive. Mason, do you think the Panthers are, are a good pick maybe this week against the Bucs? You know, as much as I do love the Panthers, I just don't really think there's a way they win this game this week. I think they stay close, so obviously take them against the spread if you're in a pick em league like we are, but uh, I don't think Tom Brady finds a way to lose a game. I don't think he's going to get embarrassed twice in a row. His ego could definitely not take that, and I think Tampa Bay's defense flies around this week. You know, They shut down Carolina's offense in Week 2 when they played them, and Carolina might not even have Christian McCaffrey this week. It looks like they're not going to. Yeah, it definitely looks like they're not going to, at least from what I've been reading. So, Devin, do you think the uh, the Panthers have any chance to win this game, or do you think, at least kind of how I feel about it, that the Bucks are going to be able to have a bounce back and they're really going to, you know, they're going to come back angry this week and play motivated? I think the Bucks will come back angry and motivated, but there is a slight chance for Carolina to win. Yeah, definitely. I, I would agree with that. I mean, there's always a chance. Any given week, definitely there. I mean, one of the other games for this week is the Niners, you know, playing the Saints. Obviously, the... You know, the Saints are a lot of the better team going to that. But to me, this is the kitchen sink game for the Niners. Um, they had a great year last year, obviously, make it to the Super Bowl. Arguably, you know, they were in a fantastic – well, not arguably. They were in a fantastic position to win that Super Bowl. I mean, they're 4-5 and five right now, not where they should be. I don't think anyone thought, or at least in the organization, thought this is where they'd be going into this year. So this is a big must-win for the 
for the uh, Niners? Do we think they will come in and actually beat the Saints? Do you think the Saints are going to be coming off a little bit of like a, you know, a, a high off their win and overlook the opponent? Mason, how do you feel about this game? Well, I think, I mean, there's always a chance, but I think the 49ers need a quarterback change. Nick Mullins has just been terrible under pressure all season. The last two games of Nick Mullins I've watched, he's made two of the dumbest throws and interceptions I have ever seen. And uh, I think a lot of this really hinges on um, getting Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel the ball a lot, lining them up in the backfield, getting them jet sweeps, screens, just getting your playmakers out in space because I don't think Nick Mullins is going to win you this game, especially without Raheem Mostert. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think they could be able you know, they should have probably been able to get Garrett Gilbert in there. I mean, looked like a fantastic quarterback. Mason, how do you feel about Garrett? You know, Gilbert's great. Uh, he's probably the only, you know, shimmer of hope the Cowboys fans have this year. Gilbert's definitely a better runner than Zeke has been this season, and I think Tony Pollard, too. I think we're better runners than Zeke has been this season, but, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Garrett Gilbert, you know, had to, had to give him a shout-out, you know, always for the Apollos. Don't sleep on the uh, AAF. We all miss it. Uh, Devin, <laughs> definitely. Devin, what do you feel about the Niners? You know, obviously been a disappointing season for them. Do you think this is this is their last chance to – I feel like at least it, it probably is their last chance to really go out and maybe make a playoff push. So do you think they're going to be able to pull it off this week against the Saints, or do we think the Saints are just too good of a team? I think the Saints are too good of a team right now. The Saints are getting healthier, and the Niners just keep getting injury after injury after injury. Yeah, for sure. I, I definitely agree with that. I mean, yeah, the Niners, I think it gets to a point in the season where just too many injuries add up, and I think they're kind of at that point. I think right now it'd almost be beneficial just to, you know, kind of look to next year, try to get back. You know, they're all, it all, we, we see this every year where there's the team that makes the Super Bowl kind of one of the teams normally has a bit of a slump in it. It's just going to be them this year is what it seems like. I mean, to me now, let's talk about the biggest game of the week. It's probably the marquee matchup. Bills, Cardinals, obviously this is just, two great quarterbacks going at it. I think it's the the two probably future quarterbacks of the league. I mean, if the Cardinals win, they could be they could leave this game saying, "Hey, we're a Super Bowl contender. We mean business. Like, let's go." If the Bills win, you know, they could truly be one of the best teams in the, you know, the AFC. We we haven't been super convinced by them. Josh Allen has, you know, been so up and down. So, Mason, what are you looking at going into this game and do you know, who do you think's going to win and also what are the takeaways you think from the game? Um, I mean, you know, it's kind of a sad, but, you know, it's a good thing. I mean, we're going into our fourth and final shootout matchup between Buffalo and the NFC West. Every game between Buffalo and this division has been a fantastic one to watch. Uh, my I mean, big takeaways that, for this game. I, mean, I was just going to say, the, the, whole, the whole AFC East, the, the NFC West has been great. We've got seen, you know, Miami pull off three out of four wins and Buffalo pulling uh-huh, off some wins. Yeah. It's, this has been a great matchup. I'm liking this interdivision matchups. I think we should get this every year. And uh, going into my... Uh, takeaways for this game it's really can the Bills defense contain Kyler Murray on the ground he's been killing teams with his legs all year he's kind of doing what Lamar Jackson did last year and then can Arizona get either Chase Edmonds or Kenyon Drake going on the ground because while they have had one of the top rushing offenses in the league this year a lot of that has been contributed to Kyler Murray and for me uh, I think the matchup of the game is definitely what's going to be going on in the uh, secondary with Trey White shadowing DeAndre Hopkins Really going to depend on whether DeAndre Hopkins can get open or not for the Cardinals to have an effective passing attack. Yeah, 100% for sure. I agree with you. Devin, what do you think about this uh, Bills-Cardinals game? You know, the quarterback matchup specifically, which is such an exciting matchup there. How do you feel about it? All right, so yeah, I expect a huge shootout in this game. Uh, Both defenses are subpar, so I feel like both Kyler and Josh Allen are going to have huge games. 
But I also have a question for you guys. Which duo do you think will do better on Sunday? Kyler and DeAndre Hopkins or Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs? I mean, That's obviously, I, w- I would think skill-wise, I would say the DeAndre Hopkins-Kyler Murray duo is the most talented one. And I would give the Cardinals the slight edge to win this game. I just I like them a little bit more. They've looked a little bit more consistent to me. They've beat some teams that I would credit as being top level, whereas I'm not sure exactly with the Bills. I guess Seattle is a big win. So I would go into it. If I had D-Hop and Kyler, I'd be more confident, I guess, than if I had uh, Diggs and Josh Allen. I agree with Jack on all of those, except for the fact that uh, the Bills' offense has been so bad running the ball outside of the quarterback-designed run that I think Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs are going to put up more numbers this week. Stephon Diggs is probably one of the best route runners the game has to offer. The Cardinals do have sort of a soft pass defense this year, and they're definitely going to put up more numbers just because the Cardinals can get more done on the ground, and they'll definitely have a more balanced attack this week. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, definitely it's going to be an exciting game to watch for. If, you know, if you're only going to be able to watch one game this week, that's to me it's the one you'd want to watch. I mean... We're going to go a little bit off script here, but speaking of teams in New- the state of New York with Buffalo, I guess maybe going across over to New Jersey, but how bad are these Jets? I mean, they've looked horrible. They lost on uh, Monday night that was there. I mean, I know Devin was happy with LaMichael Piran getting that catch at the end, but, I mean, Mason, how bad are, are this Jets team? They've looked horrible. They're 0-8 now. I mean, do we really need to talk about the Jets for much longer? I mean, I don't really know if they're going to win a game this season. Obviously, Joe Flacco is their starting quarterback this week, who he actually didn't even look terrible against a Patriots defense that has been so much worse than any of us could have imagined this season. But really, I mean, in general, the Jets have a few solid young players in Mekhi Becton, Quinn and Williams, but this franchise needs an overhaul, and it's definitely going to start with the almost guaranteed number one selection in the 2021 draft. Yeah, I mean, Devin, question for you here. Does the word Sam Darnold and franchise quarterback belong in the same sentence. No, Sam Darnold hasn't really improved from when he got drafted till this season. He's kind of just stayed as uh, as a meh quarterback for the Jets. I love that definitive just no from Devin. I mean, I would agree with you. I've never really bought into the Sam Darnold. Even in college, I didn't really... I mean, I know they drafted him with a lot of upside, but I think you hit it perfectly there, Devin, where they drafted him with upside, kind of a lot like Buffalo and Josh Allen. Josh Allen's developed. Sam Darnold hasn't. And I, I feel like that's kind of, that's that's all it is. That's that's kind of the writing on the wall there because there's been like literal no development in the team there. I mean, Flacco's playing right now, but it's looking rough. You know, you'd want, at least if your team's losing, you'd want to see some development. But similar to how I feel about Baker Mayfield is there's just, there's been a lack of development there. So uh, going on to our week 10 continuing, we have a big NFC West matchup this week, Seahawks-Rams. To me, the biggest thing is the Seahawks really need to go into this game taking care of business. They can't be messing around. I know they always play these games close against the Rams, but I think my biggest thing is they need to go in and make a statement this week. You know, Coming off the loss against the Bills, there's been a lot of doubt if they're even the best team in the division. They need to go in, take care of business, get this game over with quick, get a nice probably you know, 17, 20-point win against the Rams. Mason, how do you feel? Well, going off of that, you know, I think I really have something insane for, for you guys to hear. I think the Seattle Seahawks are going to play another one-possession football game this Sunday. Am I crazy? That'd be shocking. Shocking. They never do that. Right. No. Uh, But really, I expect a career day for Jared Goff against this beyond awful pass defense. I also expect Russell Wilson to rebound, though. I mean, 
The Rams' secondary is no slouch, but I don't think he's going to have two four turnover games in a row without throwing some touchdowns. So career game for Jared Goff, does that mean like 270 yards and like two touchdowns? I think it means he hits all of the deep balls he throws or attempts to throw without overthrowing his receiver by 20 yards. I think he throws everything except for checkdowns off of bootleg passes, which is the only thing he can seem to complete. Well, we also you can't forget there's, there's going to be some pop passes in there obviously, you know, Robert Woods coming across. That's 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 their main that's his main bit of completions. About, what about Cooper Cup on a uh, drag route over the middle or Tyler Higby on a hooker out? That'd be you crazy know, too. As much as we like to throw hate at this Rams offense, you know, they've been at least competitive this year, which is what we like to see. And, you know, better from last year. I guess they were still competitive last year. But, Devin, kind of for you with a question here, if they can go out and beat the Seattle team, they will be at 6-4, and four, I believe. I think they're 5-4 and four right now. Does that mean they are a legitimate, not, not championship contender, but are they at least back to the point where they were probably two years ago where we're, we're feeling a lot better about this team? I think they possibly can because – I really like this offense. They can move the ball basically on like anyone as they've shown against the Bears on that Monday night game. And uh, their defense has really been good this year. Like as Mason said, their secondary's been no slouch. And uh, just their front four with Aaron Donald freeing up space for uh, those edge rushers to get to the quarterback. Yeah, I mean, for sure. The team is still super, super talented. And uh, Mason... How do you feel the Rams' defense has changed at least from two years ago, obviously, Super Bowl, you know, in the Super Bowl? Uh, how do you think their defense has kind of changed now to not be at least as competitive as it was? Well, I mean, they've lost a lot of pieces from that defense, obviously. They lost Corey Littleton, who is one of the best coverage linebackers that the NFL has to offer. Eric Weddle retired, obviously. He was one of the better safeties in the NFL. They lost Adamican Sue in the inside of that defensive line. They lost uh, Dante Fowler this offseason. They did gain Jalen Ramsey, who has really helped their secondary step up. But, I mean, it was just a lot of player losses. And also the loss of Wade Phillips at defensive coordinator, I feel like, that has led to this slight regression. Yeah, for sure. Lots of, you know, wholesale changes in there. So hopefully, you know, the Rams can get it back. I was, you know, high on them going into this year. So at least looking at it from that perspective, this whole division's been competitive and Probably to a lot of people's surprise, the Niners have been the worst team in the division, but it's super competitive still. You know, last place has four wins, which is more than the first place team in the NFC East has. Uh, let's talk. On, let's touch on that real quick. The Eagles are playing the Giants this week, and it's kind of crazy because you know the Giants, as bad as they've been, are still in still in contention to win that division. You know, do you guys have anything you want to say about this game? It was a good game last week or last time they played on that Thursday night. You know, Boston Scott had that late game touchdown. Uh, yeah, I have one thing to say about this game, and it's that I will not be watching it for anything other than fantasy purposes. Probably I'll see a few highlights on Red Zone, but I'm going to stay as far away from an NFC East matchup as I can. You know, it definitely, definitely hurts my feelings, you know, hearing that, but uh, I don't blame you. I mean, it's been ugly, definitely. I mean, it's just, it's been a bad division. It's definitely the worst division in football. So let's wrap this up, though, for our, the last game, at least, to talk about this week is Bears-Vikings. To me, the biggest thing, biggest takeaway is, you know, Bears are five and five and three, Vikings, or five and four. Sorry, the Bears are Vikings three and five. Yet the Vikings on the road are a three-point favorite. I mean, what do you have to say about that, Devin? Where, you know, obviously the Bears are just, you know, playing so bad that the Vikings are the favorite going into this game. Yeah. So to me, this is 
it's not really surprising to see the Vikings favored in this game. Um, Dalvin Cook and this offense, they've just been on fire the past couple weeks. And you can't say the same for the Bears. They've been, they've just been terrible. And I expect Dalvin Cook to wear out this Bears defense on Monday night. And I also expect the Vikings to get a win in Chicago. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, Vikings have just, like we talked about earlier, they look so much better, at least than the Bears. And, you know, being one of these games this week that's big for the division, I mean, Mason, do you have any other takeaways from at least either these Bears or Vikings team? You know, do you think the Vikings should come out and win this game? I mean, it's rare for me to say that's the team coming on the road to play a Monday night football game is almost a lock to win, but I mean, the Bears deserve all the hate they're getting, you know. They have not been good over the past several weeks, and I do think the Vikings are going to walk out of here with a win based off of Dalvin Cook's running ability. I think uh, Justin Jefferson will need to take the top off the defense a few times, but really, I mean, I see no reason that the Vikings can't come in and win this game handily. All right, that is going to do it for episode number three of the Three Man We Sports podcast. Thank you so much for your continued support. If you haven't already, follow us on Instagram at Three Man We Pod. We'd love to interact with you guys there. We're continuing to be able to ask you guys a few different things you want to talk about each week. Other than that, though, thank you guys for listening. See you guys next week. It's been the Three Man Weave. I swear I'm addicted to blue cheese. I gotta stick to this paper like blue sleep. Bitch, I'm about my chicken like it's a two piece. You can have your back to your groupie. She just swallow all my kids in a two seat. Swagged out, familiar, we bringing them gas out. I still got some racks stuffed in the trap house. Off the 42, I'm blowing her back out. I'm back on my bullshit. Swim back with a full clip. They say I'm moving real And my shooters, they shooting. I'm gonna take it in real quick.